Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris, here as always with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast, and if that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and subscribe. If you subscribe, you won't miss an episode when we drop them on Mondays. You also get all the other content over there that A to Z pumps out. Titans content, Predators content, great stuff. I'm at Charlie and Burris on Twitter. Zach is at ZachTNT. At A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports.com. For everything that Zach and I write about them balls. It's been a weird, weird week. For sport, Zach. Everything getting canceled, moved around. Obviously, Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. It's already over at this point, but uh, hope everybody had a good Christmas. New Year's coming up. But there were, I mean, what was it? Christmas Eve? There was literally no sports. Like a, a sport didn't occur. Threw me through a loop. I didn't even know what to do with myself. Zach, what's up, man? Yeah, it was uh that was a tough to get through that. Uh thankfully there were some NFL games on Christmas Day because I feel like Christmas Day night is one of the weirdest nights of the year when when the holidays over, the presents have been opened, your 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 decorations are, are usually still up, but they kind of look scarce. There's no presents left. It's just a weird vibe that time. That, that night it's it's not really depressing it's just it's just a strange feeling so i was glad there were some nfl games on to kind of cancel that feeling out a bit so much build up to christmas day and then it's like it all happens oh we're opening the gifts we're getting all the gifts oh my gosh and then you get them and then you sit there and your mom goes uh you guys want to do a puzzle <laughs> you know that's that's what we always default to something to watch a movie whatever it might be thankfully I, I, for Christmas, my, uh, my parents and in-laws very generous, got me, uh, some, got me some scotch, got me some bourbon. And so I sat myself down and I drank all that. And that was, uh, it made Christmas, it, it passes by a little bit quicker <laughs> when you got scotch yeah. inside. <laughs> yeah. I went down that same path too yeah, on, on Christmas evening. So hard to avoid, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, great, Great uh, but quick holiday over too soon. And now we turn our eyes to Tennessee's bowl game. And we talked about it last week, but we got to talk about it again, Zach. I And we've we've ironed out even more details about this. But before we get into breaking down the actual bowl game, I got to mention myself, former Vols quarterback Jonathan Crompton, game day, full game live stream. We're going to be sitting with y'all. It's, it's like... You're sitting with Jonathan Crompton watching his football game is basically how it's going to be. It's going to be on all of A to Z sports uh, social medias, live streaming on uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, and Facebook, all those wherever. So make sure you're following A to Z sports. It's going to be up at all those places. And all you got to do is just tune in and you're going to get the insight specifically from, from Jonathan Crompton. If you, again, if you're a new listener, we've been doing, me and Crompton have been doing this all season. But we do just halftime and post game. And now for the bowl game, full game live stream. I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, hopefully, this is something we're still getting ironed at. Hopefully, uh, a guest or two. This is going to be dropping in. And one of the guests we're trying to get is going to be really, really cool. I'm very excited if it'll if it'll happen. I just can't talk about it yet because it isn't set in stone. Um, and it's I I can't. You know, obviously I'm a little biased, but I can't suggest it enough. You know, <laughs> tune tune in. It's going to be fun. But the main thing that's going to be fun about it is this. The promo that we have going, one of our big time sponsors, the good folks over at the Pancake Pantry in Nashville. If Tennessee scores 30 plus points in this game, which how many times has Tennessee done that this season? It feels like it's almost a given. If Tennessee scores 30 plus points in this game, you can go over to the two locations of the Pancake Pantry in Nashville the next day and get a free stack of pancakes with the uh, the promo code Vols 
pancakes. Just go go tell them that. Walk, walk in and yell it. Just go, Vols pancakes! And then they're going to, they they play a trumpet sound and they walk out with a plate of pancakes. I think, I think that's, I can't confirm that. But I, I hear that's what might happen. I can't, you know, that's up to the pancake pantry. If it doesn't happen, don't, you know, don't blame me. But uh, I believe it's going to be something like that at a minimum free stack of pancakes if Tennessee scores 30 plus points. I'm excited. Uh, but Zach, uh, how are you feeling about this ball game? Yeah, but I mean, first off, before uh, before you go to the game in Nashville on Thursday, you, you got to start your day with breakfast at the Pancake Pantry. You don't don't worry about if the balls score thirty points or yet or not. Before that, go enjoy breakfast there. Get your tailgating started. Uh, you don't want to drink all afternoon without something on your stomach. So that's the perfect way to start your day. And then go back Friday either way. If the balls score thirty, you get free pancakes. Uh, you say Vols pancakes when you go in, and if they don't score 30, you still go and have breakfast on Friday morning before you go back home. And uh, honestly, I I mean, I think the the free pancakes are just about a lock because if there's one thing Tennessee's done all year, it's score points. They're averaging 38 points per game. Uh, they're playing a Big Ten team that that's produced defenses. It's pretty solid. You know, they're, they're number 19, I think, number 20 in the country in, in points allowed. But you got to remember they're a Big Ten team. I mean, they haven't, they don't play these, some of these high powered SEC offenses. So uh, I think, I don't think Tennessee will have any problems here. I certainly hope not. Purdue giving up 20 points a game. So Tennessee, they got to make up a 10 point difference there. But you already said it there. Tennessee's SEC, Purdue's in the Big Ten. Like, that's the 10 points right there, right? I mean, that. Yeah, Tennessee's played better competition all year and put up even more points. Uh, we and the coolest thing is obviously this game is in downtown Nashville. You hit on it there, but the brand new location for the Pancake Pantry uh, is at Third and Malloy, and it's right down there, I believe, across from the Hyatt Hotel which I would assume a number of Tennessee fans are probably staying at. They're going to take over downtown, as they always do in Tennessee Place, uh, in the Music City Bowl. Uh, so just right down there, 3rd and Malloy, the Pancake Pantry. It's going to be right here. I mean, for a lot of you, you're going to be able to walk to the Pancake Pantry, and you're going to be able to walk and hopefully go get free pancakes. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah, I mean, it's right It's right there close to the pedestrian bridge. You're right there at the game. So it, it's a no-brainer to start your day there on Thursday and on Friday. What? more do you need to know vols pancakes is what you tell them if tennessee scores 30 but cromp and i will talk more about that uh when the bowl game comes as i said uh we have more generous uh, sponsors that we'll talk about then but because of all of that because of the pancake pantry and the other sponsors that we have and potentially we're gonna potentially have a couple of guests on this show it's gonna be an amazing thing so we can't thank pancake pantry enough i'm i'm so hyped this is I, I'm no, I'm no Eli Manning. Certainly no Peyton Manning, uh, because we all know he's the better brother. Uh, but excited to kind of walk in their shoes in this. Do, can can we and move look, up to the? Well, hype? I mean, well, here's the thing: is like the one thing I always see on Twitter during Tennessee games is uh, the one thing that all Tennessee fans agree on, at least, is usually hating on the ESPN announcers. It doesn't really matter who the crew is. There's always complaints about the announcers. This week. Uh, Jordan Rogers, former Vanderbilt quarterback, is on the call. Do you really want to listen to a Vanderbilt quarterback call this game? I mean, is that Jeez. is that what you want? Uh, so your perfect option is right there. Put the game on mute. Turn into the live stream with Charlie and Crompton, and, and you won't be disappointed. That is the whole selling point. I'm glad you said that, Zach. Because let me just say, former Vols quarterback Jonathan Crompton will yeah. undoubtedly provide better analysis that isn't nonsense than Jordan Rogers. This is a, it could not be more obvious. So just tune in during the bowl game, all of A to Z sports, social medias with that out of the way. Cause I could honestly, I'm so excited about it. I could talk about it all day. Let's talk about the city of Nashville, Zach, Tennessee has arrived. We're going to preview the bowl game, uh, Nissan stadium, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 Central, on Thursday. If, if COVID go away, stay away. Stay away. Hopefully COVID's not even there. Um, nothing gets canceled. That's when the game is going to be. 
And we'll get into the exact minutia of the game being played, but let's start here. Tennessee showed up in Nashville and they've been putting out promotional videos, promotional tweets and things. And they are really beating this drum of Tennessee is Nashville's team. And I got to say, as someone who loves to make fun of Vandy, I love this so much. I love it. I mean, there's no doubt about it, really. I mean, I, I don't see how anybody could really even debate it. I, I've saw some tweets from just some Vanderbilt fans that have took issue with some of this. But, look, I mean, anywhere you go in Tennessee, you see Tennessee stickers, flags, license plates. It's everywhere. And no, Nashville isn't Knoxville. It's not quite the same where every everywhere you go, everything is orange. But it, it's not far from it. I mean, if you're... A transplant, maybe, you know, you're probably a Michigan or Ohio State fan or something like that. But if you're native to the area, chances are you're a Tennessee fan. And just watch your Vanderbilt home game. Watch your Vanderbilt game when Tennessee comes to play at Nashville. The stadium is tinted with orange. And we've seen plenty of Vanderbilt games where it looks like a high school game where they might be lucky to have 15,000 people in their stands. I mean, they have a stadium that seats, what, like 31, 33,000 people? It's, It's not very many. And they... They can't sell that out unless they're playing Tennessee or Alabama whenever they cross over, or maybe uh, Georgia or Florida every year. That's the only time that place is full. So yeah, it, if it's if Nashville's going to have a collegiate team, who in their right mind would say it's Vanderbilt? Outside of the fact that they play in Nashville, that's the only argument they have going for them. Without a doubt, on the collegiate level, it's not. Not only is it not even close just I don't you know I don't know how many people listen to this that are from Nashville I actually can kind of see that on the back end of what we do I can see where everybody is from that listens to our show (laughs) it seems like most of you are from Nashville I don't know how you could walk around and get any impression that almost Vanderbilt is even in the city (laughs) like there I don't I don't see like Vandy get like you walk around Knoxville and there are people that live in this city that wear Tennessee gear head to toe 24-7. And obviously the school is, is there. You, Neyland, is, Neyland Stadium is one of the most beautiful parts of the skyline of downtown Nashville if you're coming off the river. I mean, it just it is so ingrained in the city. And Vandy, it's, I don't even know if afterthought is like a strong enough word there. They, they do occupy a whole section of the city. Vanderbilt is a school that Nashville takes pride in because it's a great school at an Mm -hmm. academic level, but nobody, (laughs) how many people are beating the Vanderbilt sports drum? (laughs) Like you said, they can't sell out a 30,000 person stadium in a city of, I I think in Nashville proper, the city of Nashville is like 700,000 people. They can't fill a stadium of 30,000 people. So, and not even that, I, I don't know if they fill up 10,000 of that. And then the other 20,000 is all Tennessee. So, yeah, I mean, well, I think the bulk of Vanderbilt's fan base is probably alumni. And with Tennessee, you, you've got a, a large section of the fans that are just, if you're from Knoxville, if you're from East Tennessee and, and the really Tennessee, the state in general, that's the team you're going to pull for. That's the team you grew up pulling for, regardless of if you went to school there or not. And then you've even got people that went to like East Tennessee state or somewhere else. They've went to school, but they're really, they're Tennessee Vols fans. I mean, we see that all the time. Oh yeah. So that, I mean, that's one of the huge differences to me. I was having a back and forth on, on Twitter this morning because I had the audacity to say that there are more Tennessee fans in Nashville than there are Titans fans. Mm-hmm. Now there's some more nuance to this one. Now this yeah. that statement would have been undoubtedly 200% true until about mm, 5 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Cuz the the Titans have always said this, the Titans came in at the worst possible time that they could possibly come in. Tennessee was playing its best football almost of all time. You were winning a national championship. Peyton Manning had just been there. Peyton and a ton of Tennessee fans ignored the Titans and went to and started rooting for Peyton in Indianapolis. The very or they same. just stuck with their or they just stuck with their current team yeah. at the time. Or, or they just you know they already had a team. A lot of a lot of like 
Kansas City fans in Nashville. It's like a lot of Cardinals fans and Braves fans that live there in Nashville. Like yeah, it's, some from it's Falcons, regional Falcons fans. Yeah. yeah. And so you may be stuck with your own team, either follow Peyton to Indy. They came in and were immediately really good. Went to a Super Bowl, well, within two years of franchise being based out of the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee at that same exact time was at their absolute zenith. So uh, the Titans just always had this hard time ever selling a bunch of tickets. Even now, they do not sell out their stadium. The, <laughs> the only football team in the state of Tennessee that sells out Nissan Stadium is the Tennessee Volunteers, unfortunately. And I say that as a huge Titans fan, a massive, massive Titans fan who has been a fan since they came here. Uh, you know, I was wearing an Eddie George shirt when I was a little kid, at the, you know, devastated by the Super Bowl loss. And it, it pains me to say, but like, that was true until, my, you know, Mike Malarkey and Mike Vrabel showed up in the last few years in Tennessee. The Titans started winning nine games a year. And then finally, the city of Nashville was like, oh, we have a football team? Huh? Wait, who, when did this happen? When, when, who are these people? And so finally, some people are going to Titans games. But uh, Tennessee, we're just, we're going to take the place over. If it's not already happened. I mean, well, we're two days out. Uh, and so I'm sure that... It's already flooded with orange. Warms my heart every time I go. Been to the. I, I, I thought to uh, yesterday. Uh, today's Monday. It's hard to even keep track of days with the holiday <sighs> at this point. But uh, yesterday, Sunday, Tennessee had their first bowl game practice at Vanderbilt Stadium, which is hilarious to me. One because Vanderbilt's <laughs> the only SEC program that didn't make a bowl game. They're the only the only team that wasn't bowl eligible. And that's the only use that stadium's going to get if if Tennessee's not there. But but Vols head coach Josh Heupel stood in the back of the end zone with his giving his media interview, his media availability with was a Tennessee. You can see there's one angle where you can see like Vanderbilt logos in the background, and Tennessee has like their you know the the graphics behind the Tennessee graphics behind Heupel where he's where he's giving his interview. He's standing on Vanderbilt's field and says, just kind of nonchalantly, like, yeah, this is Tennessee territory. And I thought that was just – I don't even know if he really understood what he was doing there. Because Heupel, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have this uh, – it's, like, it's not like he's uh, Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri or, or Shane Beamer where he's purposely taking shots at programs trying to, like, build up some hype. You know, you, know, you see coaches do that from time to time where they're, they're trying to get in a headline. I, I didn't sense that from Heifel, which made it even better because it was so nonchalant. I loved it. So funny. I can't. I mean, I don't think Vandy probably had a say in it because I think they. I think that's just the deal with yes, the Music City Bowl. I think with the Music City Bowl, they open up their field as a practice facility more or less. I'm not sure the exact specifics there. Um, and I doubt that they had a say in having Tennessee be the team that practices there. And so just what a ama- what amazing promo to just show up <laughs> and stand on Vandy's field and give press conference. What a, what other SEC school would ever allow that to happen? None. That's who. No, oh, no yeah. other SEC yeah. school ever, ever, ever. And And this is. I'm I've been on a crusade. If you follow me on Twitter or anywhere like that and you follow it at length, you know that I'm very much on the kick Vandy out, kick Mizzou out. Mizzou doesn't be, need to be in the SEC either. Um, they bring nothing. They're leeches. Uh, all they do is suck up the SEC's resources and get promo off of us. They're not good at any sport. I guess Van, Vandy has baseball, but baseball is not a revenue sport typically. Um, and so uh, they need to go because they're letting Tennessee come and stand on their football field and and call themselves Nashville. C. I mean, that's so so embarrassing, but hilarious. Mm-hmm. I I love it. <laughs> it admittedly, uh, but we just wanted to touch on that first because it has been a hilarious element of Tennessee's bold preparation. Hey, just quickly, right now, I want to take a second to acknowledge another one of our amazing sponsors for the Tennessee uh, Music City Bowl full game live stream. One of the amazing folks that's helping us out, making it possible for me and Crump to stream during the entire game. And that is Bento Living at Chestnut Hill Hotel. And if you go right now, I'll say this up front, if you go right now, and I'm talking Right this second, get get out your phone that you may be listening to this podcast on and go to A to Z Sports' Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter and enter to win a giveaway. Uh, you can get two tickets to the Music City Bowl uh, and a free two-night stay at Bento Living at Chestnut Hill. All you have to do is follow Bento Chestnut Hill uh, on Bento Living at Chestnut Hill on Instagram. Share the post to your story on Instagram and tag a friend that you would take to the game and you could win a two-night stay and two tickets to the bowl game. But you got to go immediately. They were doing this giveaway before we were going to do this promo on the pa- uh, on the podcast, but that's at A to Z Sports uh, Instagram primarily, but also Twitter, Facebook. And then uh, I'll just tell you, Bento living at Chestnut Hill Hotel, live like a local in uh, Wedgwood, Houston, in Nashville. It's apartment style, full amenity, rooms and suites. Pets are welcome. Group rates are available. And uh, book your next Nashville stay. It's just like you're at home at BentoChestnutHill.com. That's BentoChestnutHill.com for Bento living at Chestnut Hill Hotel. And go and uh, and enter the giveaway that is right there. It looks like as of right now, it's the fifth post on A to Z Sports Instagram. Go find it. It's right there. All right, back to the show. Tennessee is, in fact, Nashville's team. And uh, it feels like Tennessee, they've already asserted themselves in that way. But it feels like, as of right now, with the way that this bowl game is kind of unfolding, they may also assert themselves on the football field. Hopefully, with 30-plus points, we all get free pancakes at the Pancake Pantry. But specifically, Tennessee... uh, in in the week since we broadcast last, you had Cedric Tillman announce that he's coming back. Huge. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So happy uh, about that. Um, and so you have your quarterback and it, who will be your best wide receiver next year coming back. Very exciting. I think they, I don't think it was ever in doubt that those guys were going to play in the bowl game, but it's nice. And it seems like Tennessee is going to have more or less their full team. I, uh, yeah, I think Latte Taylor is the only guy. Yeah. that's is that is that it? I think Cade Mays is planning to yes. play. Surprising because he hasn't announced if he's returning yet. He traveled to Nashville with the team. He he hasn't practiced, but he's been working on the sideline, kind of some injury. And it was it was funny that a reporter asked Josh Heupel about his bowl game plans, and uh, Heupel almost that did surprise. He's like, yeah, he's he's prepping to play. I mean, like it was a never in question. So. It's really interesting with his upcoming decision on if he's returning or not. It seems like maybe he hasn't made a decision. I know he's he signed on the, to commit to playing in the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl, but that's at the end of January. So plenty of time there to sort that out. I don't think that's bonding or, or necessarily indicative of his decision. I mean, we said this in analyzing that situation with Cade Mays. He needs to put more on tape. He just, yeah, he was sure. hurt a ton. He he looks, in the minutes that he's played, he looks like a guy that has NFL potential for sure. Yeah, no but, doubt. I mean, he's injury riddled and he hasn't played that much. That That's why I think our analysis really was, it would probably be good. I mean, we we get it. He wants to go make his money. You, you battled all these injuries, so you're probably feeling antsy about it. And you just go, I don't want to risk it anymore. I just got to get to the NFL. But you also go, man, if you could stay healthy, without a doubt, I think another year would help you a lot. Um at the college level. And so maybe he's thinking, let's go out, have a great game in the, in the bowl game. And I'll kind of put some more on tape. Possibly. I, I could see that. Um, but as far as for this game, I mean, it, it, it's, it's huge for Tennessee. If he possibly plays, because like we were talking about before the show, I know we'll get into it here. Purdue, uh, they've got a lot of key players out. I mean, really, really key players that if, if it was the other side of the ball, Tennessee fans would be kind of freaking out about the situation where uh, their top two wide receivers. I mean, uh, David Bell, I mean, that's a that's a NFL player. He's going to be drafted, what, first or second round probably. He's going to be playing on Sundays. Legit player, over 1,200 receiving yards. And then their number two receiver, uh, his name, Milton... Right? Is yep. that the name? Okay, yeah. I mean, he he was their number two receiver, 700 and some receiving yards. Purdue's a passing team. They don't really run the ball all that much. Uh, that Jeff Brom offenses, they they throw the ball. And to have your two biggest weapons out, that's going to severely limit uh, what Purdue's capable of doing offensively, I think. You got the quarterback is playing um, O'Connell. 
Like, did you did you happen to look at his uh, rushing yards on the season? The quarterback. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think I have. I, I was looking at his overall stats. Let's see. Uh, oh, <laughs> minus one hundred and eleven yards rushing <laughs> for that young man. Big year. That was the first thing I look at. <laughs> For any opposing quarterback that Tennessee's playing, because of all the trouble oh, they've had containing quarterbacks this year, I mean, this—I have not watched any Purdue football this year, really. So, so I imagine this guy's a statue in in the backfield. Certainly, with those kinds of stats, it would appear that way. I I am the same. I I watched a good chunk of their game against uh, Michigan State because they slapped Michigan State around, and it was just you know it was kind of the upset of the day. But largely have just not not a huge Purdue guy, you know. And so just looking at at the the highlights that I have been and look and analyzing what is here, this just seems like a really favorable matchup for Tennessee because yeah. Tennessee's been getting murdered by uh, by quarterbacks who I mean, can run. This isn't there. That's not there. So then no, they're they they're pass. They just don't run the ball at all. Yeah, and so and they're they're pass heavy. But then their two top wide receivers are out. So you, you kind of look and you go, okay, Elante Taylor not playing in this game. That's big. That's a big loss. One of your your best guys on defense, but their two top wide receivers are out. So that's that plays in Tennessee's hands. Yeah, and one of Purdue's uh, top cornerbacks is out yeah Diedrich Mackey so that he had three interceptions on the year number two on the team in interceptions uh 36 tackles on the year so he's a pretty active player for them so that that's a that's another key player for them out and currently speaking of a, a quarterback rushing or getting sacked uh as of right now this was as of 10 22 a.m this monday morning uh, the report is that their top offensive tackle, Greg Long, is doubtful in the game. So, I mean, this is stacking up in a rough way for Purdue and in a yeah. great way for Tennessee, I think, if I'm analyzing this game. I mean, I look right now. This game oh, we start- didn't even mention. We didn't. Sorry, we didn't even yeah. mention that their their top pass rusher or one of their top pass oh, rushers, that- George Carl Aftis, Carl Aftis is out as well. Yep. I I mean, the, the, so. All, all the way around, it just it seems like it's playing into Tennessee's strategy of great great on offense, and you know you're looks like you're not going to get hit by a running quarterback. You you've covered de- decently well running and passing on defense this year, giving up what you said twenty seven points a game before we got on here. Tennessee's been giving up twenty seven points a game. Uh, and Purdue has been scoring about 27 points a game. So like that's right at it. And that was at full strength um, for them. So I just look at this Tennessee averaging. What, what did Tennessee in the season? at? like 38 points a 38, game, 38, 39, right 39. And so thir- Tennessee averaging 39 points a game, Purdue with all these players out averaging 27 points a game, giving up 20 points a game, which is pretty good on defense. Um, But you just, you, you put that in the, in the calculation, and I, I don't, I don't know that it spits out that Tennessee is going to win by thirty, but it feels like Tennessee is going to win at least. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Tennessee, you, you pointed out there about Purdue's defense, and I thought this was interesting, and it, it kind of thought it, it's kind of looking at Tennessee as a whole, really, not just this game. But Purdue giving up twenty points a game, and they're ranked as the number. What did we say? The number nineteen scoring defense, I think, nationally. Yes, the number nineteen scoring defense nationally. Tennessee's giving up twenty seven points a game. That's one one extra touchdown a game. They're ranked as the number seventy nine defense in the country. I mean that that difference is mostly because Tennessee gives the opposing offenses so many more possessions. It's not that the defense isn't playing well. The offense just has more chances to score. And, and it just that ranking, that number 79 defense in the in the nation ranking for, for Tennessee's defense is just so misleading, I think. Uh, I think Tennessee's defense is a lot better th- than what we see there on paper. So I think that that bodes well for stopping uh, Purdue's, Purdue's offense. that's it, obviously weakened. But, yeah, they're going to score some points uh, – I don't. You're right. I don't think it's gonna be like a 30 point blowout. But I mean, it seems like every bowl game Tennessee's played in recently, with the exception of the Indiana bowl game a couple of years ago, 
they've been trying to blow out wins against these Big Ten teams, and that's just how this feels. Absolutely. It really does. I I don't know another way to look at it even. It just plays in to Tennessee's hand. Tennessee against these types of teams, I mean, what what teams like this has Tennessee even played? Pittsburgh was like that. Tennessee put up, what, 30 points uh, against them. Pitts, and obviously Purdue is not playing with a Heisman contender uh, in this game like uh, Pitt was. And who like who else even has a stationary quarterback? That's <laughs> Nobody plays that way anymore. That's kind of the funny thing uh, about Purdue having a quarterback. Well, and they're being so one-dimensional, it seems easy to stop, and especially when you don't have all your weapons. But if you don't have to worry that much about the run game, where, I mean, their leading rusher had like 400 and some rushing yards this season. That is 485, yep. That, 45 that and two touchdowns the whole season. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, you can almost eliminate that whole aspect of the game. And, and Tennessee's done decent against teams trying to run the ball. So even if they do try to run the ball, I don't see them having much success. Like, if, if I had to ask you, what, what, if any, advantage do you think Purdue has in this game? Yeah, there's not really... No. A place on the field where I go, yep, Purdue, clearly. That is, I mean, maybe special teams. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't know how, how much success their kicker has had this season. But I don't think you're not winning. The, with Tennessee's offense, you're not winning this game with field goals. So, uh, you know, maybe there. But otherwise, specifically with the players out, if they're, if they're uh, at 100%, this would be a different discussion because Purdue has been pretty good this year. Eight-win team. In the Big Ten, beat Michigan State. You know, really, really had has an interesting resume, but they're just they're crippled in this game. I I think because it's just specifically the caliber of the players that are out is just some of their most important guys that were giving them the most production. I mean, a one thousand plus yard re- receiver. Clearly, he was a guy they were leaning on, and he's gone. He's not playing, mm-hmm. and that that's it'd be like if Tennessee didn't have Cedric Tillman and Javante Payton for this game. Exactly. And think, think about where, where do you go from there? You, you can lean on, on uh, Valus Jones, Jalen Hyatt, but think about how much production that takes away. It's a ton. So, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of other ways to look at it, but I, yeah, I, I was just trying to break down. I wanted to compare how much Tennessee had run the ball. Cause I, I would say compared to what I thought Hypo was going to do coming in, he ran the ball more than I thought he would, uh, for sure. Which, well, I mean, that's kind of something I think he said that during one of his introductory press or during his introductory press conference was that he runs the ball a lot more. Like he's got this reputation as somebody who just airs it out. And Tennessee certainly does that, but they were fairly balanced on offense. And it's kind of, kind of tough to tell because they use so many different running backs this year, just because of injury. But so many, uh, but Jabari Small led the team with 611 yards, and then Tyon Evans, 521. So, I mean, if you can consolidate that into like one player, that's over 1,000 rushing yards, and you still got Jalen Wright, Laneith Whitehead, and Marcus Pierce that contributed. So, let's see, attempts, 514 rushing attempts from Tennessee for Purdue, 359. Way less. Uh, and then passing attempts, Tennessee... 334 on the season. Actually, like less than I would have uh, thought. But uh, for Purdue, passing the ball, 528 attempts. So it's almost exactly inverted where where Purdue is, is way more run-heavy, except even Purdue is even a little more pass-heavy than Tennessee is run-heavy. So uh, interesting matchup. I don't want to – I just – I don't want to get in over my skis. You know, it, it feels that way a little bit. But also, I think back to the bowl games where Tennessee played against Big Ten teams, and I thought, this really shapes up well for Tennessee. It seems like this should be a win for Tennessee. And then Tennessee came in and just kicked their butt. And that did, and that's happened in the past. So I, as, as hesitant as I am, I look at the past and I go, well, history bears out that Tennessee would just come in and, you know, run this thing. And, and I feel like the fact that we feel this way, I think a lot of people feel the same way. That, that makes this a huge game. This That makes this a game that Tennessee can't blow. I mean, they, yeah. they have to take advantage of a weekend Purdue team, being in Nashville, being in front of their home fans for the most part. You have to win this game. You have to finish the season 8-5 and five now. You need that momentum carrying over into next year. This 2023 class uh, is really the first class that Josh Heifel is going to 
have recruited for like a full two years. When, when he gets, this is a class that Tennessee needs to finish in the top 10. Like you're at number 15 with the 2022 class, way better than we expected. But that all that does is raise the expectations for the next class. And you've got to improve from here. You've showed what you can do, go close. And then this game is a huge part of that. Because if you win this game by three possessions and it's a blowout win, imagine what that does leaving going into the offseason. I mean, like you said, Purdue's played well. They're an eight-win team. They beat Michigan State. It's not like this is just a pushover team. Uh, I think I, mean, I think you, the hype for Tennessee entering you know next season would just be massive. Yeah, and Tennessee needs that. Like, it's all about what you do on the field. Of course, I mean you have to prove the hype is warranted. You you have to live up to it. But that hype's still important, especially in recruiting, creating a buzz around the program. Tennessee needs that. There's been a lot of talk during this postseason that just the the bowl season has been has been a letdown because of all the, the COVID stuff. And that's a whole different, we got to just stop canceling games. It's absurd, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, But, you know, a letdown in the way that just a lot of these players are opting out and all, I mean, look at Purdue, <laughs> all these players opting out and all these things. I think Tennessee has a chance as down as a lot of people are on, on bowl games right now, Tennessee has a chance to really use this to their advantage. You go out and you run Purdue off the football field, do it with style. And I I think as you're saying there, a lot of momentum can be gained from this where people look back and they go, Tennessee's last game was a 30 point win over Purdue. Look at that. And they have, they have back their running back, their quarterback, their best wide receiver. They're a lot of their offensive, what four of their five offensive linemen, a lot of their defense and their last game was a 30-point win over Purdue. That right there is an amazing talking point that's going to get you a lot of run in the preseason of this coming year. And just Tennessee needs all the good PR that it can get. That's going to be true for years. Like, you just you were in such a hole before, and Hypel, obviously, until this NCAA investigation is resolved and all this stuff, you're going to have crap hole hanging over your head. And so just... Get all the momentum that you can. Go out there and and really do it up big. And and it seems like just from the the bowl prep that we've seen, media only got to see a very limited portion of the bowl prep. But just the, just the feeling off the team. It just seems like there's so much positivity right now, and they're just focused. I coming out and laying in yeah, would be pull. really disappointing. I I don't want to build up too much, but it would be man. It just would be. Yeah, hypo. Hypel seemed happy with, with with what he saw from the team uh, on Sunday after they came back from a short Christmas break. He said the team looked crisp on the field. Seemed like they really hadn't missed a beat, so that's a good sign. And, you know, they're they're trying to let these players enjoy the experience. Uh, they're practicing in the mornings. They're having their meetings in the mornings. They typically have meetings in the afternoons as well, but they're extending their meetings in the mornings to kind of let the players do some of the things in Nashville and some of the stuff surrounding the bowl game hopefully they avoid covid while they do this because the last thing we want is this game to be canceled uh but i hypo did point out that whenever uh they arrived at tennessee or in nashville whenever tennessee's team arrived that they didn't have any covid issues i think like he said over 90 percent of the team's vaccinated anyway so hopefully they won't have any issues there and hopefully purdue doesn't either I haven't heard anything much out of purdue's camp at all it's like the media coverage of purdue is almost non-existent it's hard to to even find videos of jeff brom talking but hopefully purdue does what they're supposed to tennessee seems to be doing what they're supposed to and, and this will be one of the games that goes off without a hitch man i I know folks got nervous when they saw the wel- the uh, Music City Bowl welcome party cancel, but yeah. I, that was just precautionary. It, it, it no is. reason to risk it. Exactly. I mean, I think you look, if you're putting on this bowl game, are you not basically saying, we got it, you need to go stay in your hotel room, <laughs> go to practice, and come back? Because this, all the extracurricular activity, that's that's another opportunity where you could pick pick up the vid. Mm-hmm. and And so just... Obviously, to those people, what really matters here is making money. There's so much money surrendered by having these games be canceled because just, I mean, the TV revenue alone, that's for the bulk of these games that like nobody even goes to. Like the one today, it was some, I don't know, 
game for some car uh, <laughs> car like maintenance company, uh, <laughs> whatever they they make. Um, like it's nobody's at that game. Nobody's there for Western Michigan and whoever they were playing Nevada. Ne- Nevada. It's yeah. all about that TV revenue, and you're just going to surrender all of that. So they they got stuff to protect. They got money to protect. And so I got to imagine something like that. That's an easy axe. We're going to kill off the pregame party so that we can have the game. And in, I mean, what would really help is what if we change the rules for COVID so that they weren't the same as freaking 18 months ago, please. Thank you. Maybe, I don't know if things are a little bit different now without getting too, too much in the weeds. There. Uh, maybe... <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe the LeBron James Instagram post will will change the perception. Did yeah. you happen to see that? The maybe because I I think I feel like that's what it that's what it's going to take. Because you did see, um, it, it, if it was the MBPA or the NFLPA, where players in the union were pushing and basically going like, "We got to change the rules." This is yeah. I went and looked at all the people that liked the post from LeBron James, and it was like a a list of. People, you, I mean, Chris Paul, all these NBA players, yeah. various NFL players. It's, it seems like a lot of them guys are on the same page. It's surely because it just feels so nonsensical right now. I, I said it. I said it last week again. I really try to avoid ever getting political on on this show. But what is what was the point of the va- of the vaccine if it doesn't change anything? Well, it really, that's, shouldn't that's even it. Be- political at all i mean it is what it is it's like it's, it's like every other yeah every other health crisis that's been dealt with for centuries you 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 know you evolve and adapt as you learn more information and i don't know what the answer is I, that's not my job i'm not going to claim to know any answers but it does seem like they, they they should be evolving with the protocols exactly as we've advanced through this hopefully i mean if if anything can come of all these cancellations and all this stuff hopefully it prompts the change of that and it seems like it is so there's that, but the rules are in place as of right now, and that's the world that we have to live in. So yeah, Tennessee players, let's just take it easy. Don't go down on Broadway. You know, don't Mm-mm. do anything. <laughs> that's good advice, anyway. Though. Well, yeah, that, that's true. That's true for your your life in in general. I don't care what you're doing. Don't don't go don't go down there. Sorry to the city of Nashville. I know they probably don't like to hear that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're having any issues in that go, department. Uh, avoid Broadway. Go to the pancake pantry. Uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> around the corner. If you're gonna go to, if you're going to go to Broadway, go to Pancake Pantry first because you're you're probably gonna be doing a lot of day drinking. So. Exactly. Uh, but otherwise, barring anything like that, literal acts of God that would call this game off. It looks like a win for Tennessee. That's exciting. Uh, I like. That, that that is how it's it's shaping up. Hopefully that turns out to be the case. Because first of all, doing that live stream with Crompton is going to be a lot less stressful. Because I, I said it from the very beginning when we came up with that idea. If it turns into like a barn burner, super close game with Tennessee, all all of that live stream will be will be me sitting on my couch like agonizing. Just uh, oh, I mean, uh, that would be fun. So hopefully that's not what it turns into. Uh, Between that and uh, you or either one of you trying to figure out how to go four hours without bathroom without a bathroom break because that is the other very interesting aspect of this. I thought about this. I don't this. know how. Yeah, w- what's your plan? I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely do not know. Uh, we're gonna have to come up with some sort of solution there, uh, but we'll we'll just have to to let it. Yeah, one out. of you might just have to go solo there for for about a minute while while the other takes a break yeah uh well i honestly it's gonna be it's gonna be a learning process that's that's all i just got to get better every day we're we're uh zero and zero going into this and and Ass- let's well, see if we can if we can come out one and know this week as assuming assuming the game happens as scheduled it really sets up to be an um could be an amazing 24 hours for tennessee sports because the night before is a massive basketball game yeah that if Tennessee is is playing at Alabama, a huge huge matchup there. If Tennessee wins that game and then blows out Purdue in this bowl game, I mean that the Tennessee fans are gonna be unbearable on Twitter, and I'm gonna be there for all of it. Don't even, love it. Don't even get me started. We're gonna talk about basketball in in just a minute. But first. 
Let's just talk quickly about a couple of our uh, other partners on the bowl game with the live stream with myself and Jonathan Crompton. First, Compost uh, Compost Nashville. Grow food, not landfills. Uh, and with the code VOLS, you can get 50% off your first month. That's code VOLS at Compost Nashville. Their website is compostnashville.org. Code Vols, 50% off your first month. And let's also quickly mention Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Better coverage, better rates, better service. You can find individual and family plans designed for young families, new graduate entrepreneurs, and more at fbhp.com. Go over there, learn about the plans. If you're needing uh, insurance, uh, fbhp.com. That's Farm Bureau health plans. And we thank all of them for helping us out with the bowl game. And with all of that out of the way, the, we've we've talked about the bowl game, all of our partners with the bowl game and the live stream got it all out of the way. And let's end the show here, Zach, with some basketball talk. You're already saying it there. Alabama on the horizon. I hate this game every single year. Going to Alabama is a nightmare for Tennessee basketball. They do not win there often. Although they, if I'm remembering correctly, I think they actually did win there last year. One of the one of the last couple of years is a really big comeback, playing in Tuscaloosa, uh, and ended up winning that game. If I'm remembering correctly, but this year, Tennessee, having a, a a good season so far, just came off a win over Arizona, which was super exciting. I was there. Uh, I'm I'm sure you you watched it, Zach. Unbelievably exciting game. First uh, packed Tennessee basketball game that I've been to in the last two years. Been to some games, but they were earlier in this season. I just went to some of the sort of snoozer early season games. Man, the energy in that building was so killer. And that game just, they, they had Arizona shook from the very beginning. Arizona did a very admirable job of coming back in that game. Uh, but Tennessee just outlasted them. Arizona was coming into that game. Uh, was playing like one of the best teams in the nation in one in the net ranking, which I'm, it's some algorithm. They were actually number one in the net ranking coming in uh, to that game, number eight nationally in the AP poll. Uh, Tennessee beats them at home. Incredible win. So much energy in the building. And was I honestly was so happy that I got to be there. So that's great. But then you got to go to Alabama, who right now I believe ranked number 19. Super tough environment to go into. Does, does Tennessee stand a chance in this game, Zach? I mean, it's going to be a tough game, of course. But this Tennessee team, the way – I wouldn't even say they've been up and down. I mean, I've, I've said it before. The law, the loss, the early season losses don't bother me in college basketball that much. The Texas Tech loss, they didn't get beat so much as they beat themselves. So it just really depends, you know – how they come out if if they're hitting their threes, uh, that's the whole key to me. And if John Fulkerson plays the way he did the other night against Arizona, I mean, he was it's got to be one of his best games ever as of all, right? Twenty four points, oh, yeah. ten rebounds. The the energy that he played with, I loved it. Uh, late in the game, you saw the the kind of n one play where he's over there, kind of in the crowd a little bit. Vescovi's going over there and kind of you know chest bumping him. That moment, I have to imagine. The, the arena was just totally rocking. Like you said, you were there. I, it, it's hard to call. It's it's hard to call. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's Alabama. It's at Tuscaloosa. It could go either way. I, I don't really have a feeling on it either way. I just think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, there's really no way to predict a game like this when you go play a, a team that you've had trouble with at Tuscaloosa. I don't know. It's going to be a huge win if they win, but if they lose, I'm not going to be sour on Tennessee at all. I mean, you want to talk about an up and down season. Alabama right now beats number one Gonzaga. Has has some incredible wins. They beat number 14 Houston. Then they go to Memphis and just get waxed. 92-78. They lost to Iona, which is Rick Pitino's team now. Um, mm. I think a lot of people have forgotten that he still exists, but he is at Iona, uh, still a great basketball coach. They they were on a neutral floor, uh, and and the Iona beat Alabama. And then in the last game, coming in to this matchup, 
Davidson beat Alabama. Davidson. Uh, and, you know, D- Davidson, one of those teams that are kind of one of those mid-majors that's just always pretty good. You know, you don't necessarily want to bring them in for a bye game because there's always a sort of off chance that they could beat you. And guess what, Alabama? Davidson beat you. So, yeah, you want to talk about up and down. Alabama's like the prime of prime examples of that nine and three win, win over Gonzaga, lost to Iona, <laughs> win over Houston, lost to Davidson. So uh, this it's you know you you could get into the, the real minutia in terms of how Tennessee exactly matchups ma- matches up, uh, but I, I think they actually play pretty similar basketball. Some really good young guys, some pretty good seniors, both good coaches with Nate Oates, Rick Barnes. I mean. This is this is as 50-50 as a basketball game could get to me. And the difference maker to me, unfortunately, is that it's in Tuscaloosa. It just it feels like Alabama, just with that, Tennessee. I, I did go back and look. Tennessee did win last year, February 4th, 2020. Uh Tennessee was down by eight at the half, ended up uh in the second half coming back, 69-68 win in Tuscaloosa. But I, I just don't, I don't know. It's one of those where I like, I'm not going to have a good feeling about it ever. No matter if, if Alabama stunk, I'm not going to have a good feeling about this game. Just going in Tuscaloosa. So hopefully they pull it out. You can put it this way. Tennessee is more than good enough. Cause you, you even looked at Arizona game. Kennedy Chandler had, had a pretty bad game. Did not play well at all. He just was not feeling it. He he put up a, a whole bunch of just these little floaters in the lane, which is really his shot. And and something that he's he's gonna have to make to be an NBA prospect, uh, and he has made in the past. And he was just breaking them all, just having a hard time. And it got to the point where it was clear he was he was getting to the rack, and he just wasn't putting the ball up. He was looking for the pass before he was looking for the shot. And obviously Tennessee wins, so that's great. But Kenny Chandler didn't play that well, and Tennessee still beat Arizona, so it's all there. If Vescovy can step up, if Fulkerson can step up like he did in the game against Arizona. Uh, Justin Powell has kind of become, I don't want to call him an X factor, but if you can have a guy that comes off the bench and just drops in like 12 points, that's huge. That's a massive contribution on his part for a kid that you didn't have a year ago. And so the Tennessee has the elements to win this game. Just winning, winning in Tuscaloosa is going to be really tough. It's going to be rocking. And that, that scares me. Nate Oates is an amazing basketball coach. And so I'll say, Alabama wins this one and it doesn't really bother me that much. It's not, it wouldn't be a surprising loss. You just have to shake it off, go in your next one because Alabama is just a good basketball team. Uh, yeah. I think the one thing that bothers me about this game is one, it's always a weird time of year to play. You, you haven't yeah. really been on, you know, it's Christmas break, all that stuff. Tennessee's only played once in the past two weeks. Thanks to that canceled Memphis game since December 14th, the only game they've played is against Arizona. So you you got to wonder just how that's going to affect Tennessee uh, and their rhythm and, and all that, you know, coming back. It, it's always – it just always feels like the road team in these types of games is the team that really suffers the most where you, you're trying to get back into your rhythm. That's my one big concern. And that's, like you said, not really going to bother me. That's one reason that this – if they do lose, it's not really going to bother me all that much. Tennessee proved a lot in that game against Arizona. They proved that I think come March they can win some big games because, like you said, Kennedy Chandler didn't have his best game, and still other guys stepped up to, to beat the one of the best teams in the country. And that's what you have to do in March because not you don't know who's going to show up on a nightly basis. You got to have other guys. You can't be reliant on one guy. So they showed me really all they need to show me as long as they can kind of be consistent the rest of the year. They're they're going to have some losses. That's just the way college basketball is now. You don't really have a lot of these dominant teams like you used to see in the late 90s, early 2000s, like a, a Duke or a UConn or, or even like a Cincinnati with like the Kenyon Martin years where you had like one loss on the season. You don't see a lot of that anymore. As as ugly as a game like Texas Tech was, I can say this with near certainty at, at this point, especially after in light of that Arizona game. Tennessee so far has showed that they can compete with absolutely anybody. You can have differences in matchups. I think Tennessee right now, you'd struggle against an elite big man. 
there aren't very many elite big men in America. That's the thing. That, yeah, it's, it's college basketball has just basketball in general. The NBA too has gone away from from the great big men. If Tennessee has a, a set of players clicking in a given game, we already kind of said it here. Is if it can be Fulkerson, Vescovi, especially Kennedy Chandler, he's the linchpin kind of in all of that. If Kennedy Chandler's playing well, Tennessee is going to be hard to beat for absolutely anyone. Um, and and then you you add some pieces into that. If Tennessee can get four guys in any given night to score in double digits and one big standout, like that's their formula right there. That's essentially what it was against Arizona. You had Fulkerson with 24, Vescovi with 15, uh, Josiah Jordan James, who played great defense in that game. He can be a liability a lot of time, and he really had a nice game in that one. But 12 points for him and then 11 points for Justin Powell. And that just all, all kind of adds up and – and it was a great performance for Tennessee all the way around. But then you get these performances like against Texas Tech where everybody just comes to a grinding halt. Yeah, that's never going to work. <laughs> You're not going to win games that way. But when Tennessee is clicking, it, it's all there. You just beat one of the best teams in America. That was Arizona's first loss of the year. They were 11-0 coming in, and you beat them. Now, uh, and, and now they have a loss. And so it's there for Tennessee. Alabama game's winnable. It's just going to be tough. I'm just glad that we're not having a conversation right now where we're like, ugh. Chandler seems like a bust. He's not as good as we've done. And, you know, there's some conversations there to be had about some guys that are having disappointing seasons so far. Uh, Victor Bailey kind of being like prime among them. Where has that dude even been when he does play? He's a liability. It's tough to watch. Uh, and he's essentially a bench. Tennessee is so deep that they can bench him at this point. Powell has stepped in and, and been kind of the, the guy that took his spot. Uh, but, Largely, I'm just glad we're not having conversations like that where some of the best players, where we would just be going like, oh, Fulkerson is non-existent or whatever. I, I'm glad that we are we are looking, going into conference play, being like we've seen some of Fulkerson's best, best play. Vescovy has gotten better. Kennedy Chandler looks amazing. Josiah James, when he plays well, really contributes nicely. All, all of that added up to a good, good basketball team. And we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. The SEC is good this year. That's probably the toughest part of the entire thing. Uh, I think... Tennessee, I don't want to say that you're already set for the NCAA tournament, but you, you have a couple of nice wins already on your resume. But the as long as you just beat the bottom level of the SEC and you're 50-50 with the mid-tier of the SEC, it's there for Tennessee to win an SEC championship this year. It's there for Tennessee to win the regular season league. It's it's there for them to get a pretty high NCAA tournament bid. That's, that's just my take through, what, uh, 11 games so far? It's... Uh, it's on the table. Do you uh, do you think LSU's for real? I mean, they haven't really played many quality opponents, right? I mean, they. they... I mean, what are they? They're they're undefeated, right? They're they're twelve yeah. twelve and zero. Let's see who's their best win. Maybe Wake Forest, Lipscomb, and that's. <laughs> they they have not. They've yet to play a ranked team. No, uh, they barely slipped back past Penn State. Slipped past Wake Forest. Um. I mean, they're playing at this is pretty much the test is coming up. They're playing at Auburn. What is that uh, yeah. tomorrow night? So or Wednesday night. We're gonna see. Uh, I maybe they are. Auburn is good. Just all all of those teams that are that have in the, the last few years been near the top of the league. It seems like they're they're right there again. LSU, Auburn, uh, what Kentucky, obviously Arkansas, um, Alabama looks good again. Florida has a couple of baffling losses. Um, but the, the top end of the league is going to be really, really tough. I think the bottom end of the league, I don't want to say you'll just cruise through them, but Georgia stinks. Missouri is absolutely atrocious. Ole Miss is not very good. Just the, that bottom end of the league, you should definitely win on the road or at home. Uh, but top top half is... Yeah, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if this would be it for Tonzo Martin at... at uh... At Missouri, I don't think Conzo will be doing his normal. Th- I think this this is the end of the uh, the the sort of sweet moves he's been able to pull off. Left things are going sour at Tennessee. He jumps to Cal. Things are going sour at Cal, so he jumps to Mizzou. He is really yet to have a particularly good year at Mizzou, and I think it's just going. It's going down. It's going down quick. What did they? They got beat by Illinois by like thirty the other night. It's really yeah. bad. I think this this is it. 
Uh, do you think the Missouri fans will be called racist? Like, <laughs> I don't every time I, every time that Missouri loses, I mean, Tennessee does not forget anything. Never. I saw it the other night. <laughs> every time they lose or get blown out, there is a, I, I can't remember who, like Gary Parrish maybe, or, or one of those guys tweeted out about how, it might have even been Dan Walken. I don't remember uh, when Tennessee hired Rick Barnes about how Tennessee had just downgraded a coach after they ran off Conzo Martin, <laughs> and the Tennessee fans bring that tweet up every time Missouri loses. It's I think wonderful. it was Pat Forty. I want to say maybe that's who. I mean, one of those. They, they all. They've guys. all. Honestly, yeah. like all of them said something about it. They all kind of have receipts yeah. as far as that goes. Um, I mean, I'll I'll say this. I like Conzo as a guy. His players loved him. And, mm-hmm. and he gave some dudes, Jordan McRae, Jarnell Stokes, they uh, made a sweet 16. Like, there, there were some fun times with Conzo, but just the whole thing, how how all of that went down. I mean, t- Tennessee fans, we don't forget. We don't forgive. Get used to it. <laughs> that's that's it. Don't, don't cross Tennessee fans. It's not something you want to do. I, I have, I will say of Purdue, they haven't, I haven't seen any back and forth. There was even back and forth like Indiana. Uh, I have seen almost nothing, which is probably good. Purdue, it's an engineering school. They're smart. They know not to get in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see fans. They, you're right. There's <laughs> been pretty much non-existent. Everything from, it's like Purdue doesn't even exist. I keep forgetting that Tennessee has an opponent in this bowl game. There haven't been many, many questions to ah. hypo. Or the players about Purdue. Uh, I mean, we saw early on whenever they asked Josh Hypo about Purdue before the early signing period, <laughs> he was like, "I'll be honest, I haven't even checked in on them yet." Yeah, it's such a weird this whole this whole bowl season has felt so strange. I don't know if it's just from the the cancellations or what. It's all just felt off. I'm not totally sure why. Yeah, wish we were playing Wisconsin. I'll be honest. Sorry, Purdue. I wish we were playing a better opponent. I do. But hey, if if it turns into a boat race for Tennessee and we all get to have a good time uh, on the live stream again, watch it myself, Jonathan Crofton. Go watch it. Thirty points. We all get free pancakes. Uh, it, it will be fun. It will be a ton of fun uh, if if it turns into that. Hopefully, it does. So let's end with this score prediction for the bowl game. Zach, what are you thinking? Mm, I mean, obviously, I think Tennessee's going to win. I think they're going to score more than 30. I think that uh, Friday morning you're going to be able to go to the Pancake Pantry and get get some free static pancakes with the – what's the keyword? Vols Pancakes? Vols Pancakes. Go in and, go in and yell yes. it. And something something will happen. I'm not – you may get escorted out. You may get escorted out. I don't know. Allegedly – trumpets if you if you believe <laughs> charlie you have to conf- somebody has to confirm that for us yeah, yeah please yeah. hit us up on twitter and let us know <laughs> if there's trumpets or not um i'm gonna go with tennessee 45 purdue 27 45 27 i'll say purdue yeah that feels about right um i'll say it's it's a little closer 30 actually i guess this is the same margin of victory um but i think Purdue's defense hangs hangs around 30 i'll say 35 20 so a little less uh of a margin of victory than you three three points less there i'll say 35 20 and i don't that won't be Unless Tennessee gets up 35-3 to three and then Purdue scores sort of in a garbage time way, then it'll be easy going. But I, I could see it being, being close for a lot of the game, being, you know, a, a little little fun. I, I don't want to say I hope for that. Again, the ideal would be kind of a blowout, but hey, if it's, if it's a little back and forth and Tennessee pulls away at the end, I'm good with that too. Just win, baby. Yeah. Just win. I'll be interested to see if Tennessee follows their same kind of like form, formula for, for winning where they, they get up big in the first quarter or they score really quick like like they did did against Kentucky and then struggle to score points until the fourth quarter where they just kind of disappear in the second and third quarter. Like, do they eliminate that or do they continue to do that? Because that's the one thing that team has to fix moving forward. They've got to figure out a way to continue to, to score points in the second and third quarter and build a lead instead of letting a, 
a good team get back into the game because that that Kentucky game could have easily went the other way because yeah. of that. And that's a game that Tennessee also could have blown out Kentucky if they would have, you know, kept putting points on the board and actually stopped Kentucky on defense would have helped too. We shall see. Both of us think Tennessee by double digits, which would uh get which would essentially make, I believe, Tennessee right now only like a five and a half point favorite if you're a betting person. Uh, BetMGM. That's a sponsor of A to Z Sports. Go over there, download the app. Yeah, I think they, I think they cover that. I my sure. my belief is that they will. We'll be having a very different conversation if they do not. Uh, mm. But I think uh, all in all, any parting thoughts, Zach, for the good folks at home? No, just make sure you go to the Pancake Pantry and uh, check them out in their new downtown Nashville location. Perfect spot to go before the bowl game on Thursday. Friday morning, if, if you're heading back to, to wherever you're from, uh, check them out then, too. Yeah, hit it up. Free pancakes through through January 2nd. I'm reading that down there at the bottom. I, we should have said that. Through January mm. 2nd. But it will say it on the bowl game stream. Thanks also, Compost Nashville, Farm Bureau Health Plans, Bento Living at Chestnut Hill Hotel. They're all helping us out on the live stream and of course here on the podcast this has been the big orange podcast i am charlie burris that is zach reagan uh, at charlie underscore burris at zach tnt at a to z sports on twitter and instagram a to z sports.com and facebook.com slash a to z sports nashville oh and the a to z sports podcast network feed on apple spotify rate review subscribe do whatever you gotta do and with all of that said we'll talk to y'all next week See you guys later.